0: Arizona Sports The Local Sports Leader Weekly Blast Tomorrow will be a knock on wood Wednesday, and hopefully it will be the rescheduled, long-awaited home debut of Kevin Durant. What could possibly go wrong? Alas, I think we all know the answer to that question, and since this marks the sixth celebration of KD, joining the news of the trade, his first press conference, his first night on the bench, his first game in a son's uniform, his first showdown against Luca and Kyrie, and that previous stalled out home debut when he rolled his ankle in warm-ups, I think we should all attempt to treat this occasion as a basketball game and not the liberation of a tortured fan base. But, of course, that is probably not possible. Either way, the reset is coming, and if it does happen tomorrow, it means Kevin Durant is going to have a maximum of 10 games with the Suns before the playoffs begin. It's not ideal, but it's certainly not insurmountable if this team stays healthy, and we all know that is one big if. And really, this is how this mad dash to a championship is going to feel. It's going to feel like a referendum on our luck, and whether the basketball gods are finally done tormenting a fan base and a market that's been chasing a title for 55 years. And really, isn't it about time to be our time all right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW, who make luxury attainable. You can find them online at chapmanbmw.com. We we you, on the
1: winter, man. you guys having enjoy a little bit? I kind of cloudy. Um, I was with the dude all last week, so I know the type of work he's been putting in. So um, we are just really prepared and excited, and we're still waiting for our ball. You know, um, get <laughs> a the game, man. You got to play game. He's he's for it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, when you were with. Him back in Phoenix, but what were you seeing with him as far as him getting? Like He's working harder than me, so I try to work hard too. <laughs> it, was like, it was that type of thing, like he just went hardy outside, slid all that stuff. I've seen him do everything. When I said, it was a training camp. Like we, they we're preparing us for the playoffs.
2: The Slim Reaper is on his way. That's DeAndre Ayton last night in Utah, following the Suns' win over the Jazz. That uh, audio from the Twitter account of Dwayne Rankin from uh, the Arizona Republic and AZ Central, and. Uh, that always comes into play, um, and Monty Williams even talked about it. Hey, Kevin Durant is working his butt off to get back. Mm. DeAndre Ayton making reference there to it. I spent all week with him, and he works harder than I do, so I had to work harder, too. Oh, boy. Those are the kind of effects that a Kevin Durant yeah. can have, yeah. and if you get him in the the lineup for the remainder of the regular season, and you talked about that maximum 10 games, that will be, you know, if all things go well, that will be mm-hmm. one of the biggest questions entering the NBA postseason league-wide. Yes. is The pundits, the national talking heads will be asking is 10 games enough for us to put our faith in the Phoenix Suns to be at least the Western Conference champion or, or yeah. win this all, the whole thing.
0: No, you're absolutely right about that because there's the, uh, we know without Kevin Durant there's some holes in this program and of course there's going to be. You traded off some major league assets to get the guy. So so I do believe in everything you're saying here, uh, but I do think that Kevin Durant is is such an elite scorer that him and Devin Booker might be able to carry any team to a championship. Now um, I, I said this during a break and this is what I honestly believe. I believe the Suns can win the West. I don't think it's going to be easy, but the West, as Charles Barkley just said, it is going to be insane. You look at the way the play-in format is shaping up. You could have LeBron, Luka, Zion Williamson, I mean, it's you've got
2: some serious basketball teams in the play-in. Absolutely. And, and again, what Charles brought up too, and, and we've touched on this as well, we update the Western Conference pretty much every day on the mm-hmm. show because it needs updating. That's how much shifting is going on day-to-day in the standings in the Western Conference. We've never seen anything like this before. Uh recent and and not quite recently, but you know, when the when the Warriors were playing the Cavs every year in the finals, four straight years in the finals for those two teams, you would enter an NBA season and you could have a group of three teams that you were picking from to win the championship. There was no surprise in those teams making it ever. The NBA has shifted. There is a lot of mystery and a lot of different candidates that can win this, especially in the Western Conference. I prefer it this way. Now, is it nerve-wracking for a team like the Suns that has not had a smooth path to get here? Absolutely. But they could be equipped to get through this. Mm-hmm. They could be.
0: Yeah. No, and, and again, I think that a lot of what they've gone through as well, um, it, it might have toughened them up. They might be uh, battle-tested a little bit. Um I think it's going to be real interesting because, as you pointed out, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of good
2: teams in the West with a lot of losses, and that's going to look bizarre. Yes, yes. Uh, the Suns. I, I did it just to look uh, historically. Hey, do teams with 35 or more losses win championships in the NBA? It doesn't mm-hmm. happen very often. I think t- I think there's two. The, uh the, the Houston Rockets did it their second year when they got Clyde Drexler midseason and the 79 Washington Bullets. You remember that team, don't you? Oh, yeah. West Phil, Phil Chenier. Phil Chenier. Alvin Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Grevy. Kevin Grevy. Uh, yeah. So it, it, it's not, again, it, it wouldn't be the most accurate depiction of who the Suns are because their team changed halfway through the season in, in, in a big way, but historically it doesn't happen. We went real long with Charles Barkley, and, and rightfully so because he's Charles Barkley, so uh, we're going to take a break. When we yep. come back, we'll continue with the Suns. Kevin Durant may be back tomorrow. D.A. came back last night. We'll get into all the aspects of the Suns' win over the Jazz. Straight ahead, it's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Dan Pickley feeds
1: Murata. In Marotta Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. No, I didn't, I didn't even think about it. Um, the medical team didn't say anything about restrictions. He's been working on his cardio with MB. I thought he was a little, not rusty, but you come here and play in the altitudes, you're going to be a bit slower if you haven't played in a, about four or five games. I didn't think he was slow, but there were a few times where um, he had finishes around the basket where he normally will take off and try to punish somebody with a dunk. He, he finger-rolled. So I think once he gets his legs under him... He'll you'll we'll be able to finish those better. It's
2: Monty Williams on DeAndre Ayton, who came back last night for the Phoenix Suns uh, after four games on the sideline with that hip injury, played 30 minutes, scored 14 points, grabbed eight rebounds, five of 10 shooting, uh, but no minute restriction on DeAndre Ayton moving forward, so that's one less thing to worry about. That's not common for today's NBA, for a player, even if it's only four games, to come back from uh, an injury not to have any sort of minutes restriction on him. Um we saw when Kevin Durant did come back that minute and lasted about two games mm-hmm. and then that went bye-bye. Yeah. Uh but you know and I think Monty brought up a great point too. There it wasn't DeAndre Ayton's greatest game. He was he was kind of out there a little bit. Um there was times and I agree with Monty's ass- uh, uh, assertion that there were times where DA could have asserted himself a little bit more down low and 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 didn't but Hey, that's the DA experience, right? <laughs> it's so true,
0: right? Why would he come back from injury being any different than what he's been? No, you're actually no, right. No, I like how that. That's but, part of the DA experience. But I also will say, and I think this uh-huh. was
2: team-wide, and there was a good reason for it, Was DA was dealing with it, and everybody else was too. Walker Kessler changes a lot of stuff He does.
0: He's an excellent shot blocker, yes. quite
2: obviously. Um, so, I, it, By I'm, the way, yeah. can we just revisit... The Minnesota Timberwolves making maybe the worst trade in the history of the NBA. Yeah, sure was, sure was. Rudy
0: Gobert for four first round draft picks. Goodness,
2: and yeah, then Utah that, instantly replaced them with a rookie who is ninety percent of Rudy Gobert. He's I think he's better. He can actually do things offensively. <laughs> but anyway, no,
0: you're no, I mean no, you derail. No, you no, 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 no. I, I, you didn't derail me. Um, I, I think it's interesting because. Uh, Maddy Williams it, you can say things like minutes restrictions and this and that and it it's clear that when you get players of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, elite superstars the, it, it, they have to approve of what you're doing like you said I, Kevin Durant Kevin Durant is going to make this decision on when he's coming back mm-hmm. when he feels like he's ready to go and and so to me I'm I'm still trying to kind of reconcile what exactly it is that we're watching here because if James Jones was right, and that is, if the playoffs were two weeks ago, Kevin Durant would have been playing basketball for the last two weeks. Yeah. And and so, is this a preview of the future? Is this just a short term thing? Is it is? And maybe maybe we're all just due for a run of good health. I think this is really what I'm trying to get at here. I think I really do like the Suns' chances a lot. There is clearly issues, a perimeter defense um, among them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but to me, I, I think that if you get if you get a clear clean bill of health going forward.
2: Um, I'm, I'm rolling with this crew. Yeah, um, in case you missed it, Monty Williams was asked after the game, is Kevin Durant indeed coming back Wednesday night against Minnesota? Here was Monty's answer.
1: We'll see. You know, I, I gotta get the information from our team. Um, he's working his tail off. I'm not quite sure because I've been so focused on the team that we have on the floor. If all the boxes are checked, then we will evaluate, but we have to wait and see. Um, he's been working his tail off, he's he's done everything possible to get himself back as close as he can to game shape, but it's hard to know. So we just got to check all the boxes before we make any statements about his play.
2: Yeah, Monty saying getting information from the team, meaning the medical team, and you know, I said earlier, and I think you're on board with it too. This could be a Kevin Durant decision, but if mm-hmm. if the medical team comes back and says, yeah, he's fine, he's good to go, I don't know what the trepidation would be from Monty Williams. So yeah, no, I,
0: I don't think there could be any right. I mean, it, it's because again that even though kevin durant has shown the ability to to just blend and and not yes. freak out about being in a new place they need to be together on the court
2: yes and and, and what what is not lost in all of this is these games hold importance. Again, the Suns are in fourth place yep. by half a game. Mm-hmm. These games matter. They mm-hmm. need to stack as many wins as they can if you want to hold on to home court advantage. Uh, the play-in tournament is still on the list of possibilities for the Suns if this home stretch doesn't go well for them. So yeah. these games are important. If he's good to go, you, you, you got to let him go. I, I, erring on the side of caution for even one more game, I I don't think that would be totally, all that prudent. Totally agree
0: with you. Yeah. So so and I do think. That's that's the way they're going to roll. So you look at their schedule now. For those who don't, don't know, you've got a home game against the Timberwolves tomorrow. Then you've got home against the Nuggets on Friday. Oklahoma City on the road. Then the Spurs the following Tuesday. So in the next four games, you got a good chance to get three of them. You get three of them, I think all danger is going to be removed about that whole play in tournament yes. thing. Yes, and, and I also personally, and I, and I don't like doing this because you get bit. When you wish for playoff opponents... I like what Charles said because I agree with it. I think a 4-5 matchup, if the the Clippers and the Suns stay at 4-5, that's
2: good. I think that's a very manageable thing for the Suns. Yeah, and he mentioned specifically the Paul George situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's what he, uh, Charles Barkley, said with us a little earlier when he joined us on Bickley and Murata Morning. I'm
3: pretty sure. Hey, listen, I'm pretty sure you don't want to come off your hospital bed and have to guard Kevin Durant. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not the, you know, that's not going to be conducive to Paul George's health. No, you know, yeah, he might like. Yeah, I'm not healthy yet. I don't want to come off my. Hospital bed and have to guard Kevin Durant. So, man, it's such a fluid situation. Um, uh, it's gonna be fun, though.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of yeah. uh, you know mystery on what Paul George's status is going to be. The the initial report I mean, when you saw the injury happen, you're like, oh, he's done. Mm-hmm. And then the initial report was what a reevaluation in two weeks, mm-hmm. two which weeks. I thought was aggressive mm-hmm. considering what the eyeballs told you, but you know. They're running out of time, too. Uh, And they're facing a lot of the same questions that the Suns are because they've got these components of a championship team that can't seem to align on the court together. Um, Yeah, I I mean... I would I would say I want to fast forward to the postseason, but I think this last two weeks of the regular season is going to be so fascinating. I don't want to miss any of it.
0: Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, this is going to be fascinating. I do. I would like for the Suns to be in a position where they don't have to win any of these last three games because their last three games on the way out this could be dicey. Nuggets, Lakers, Clippers, bang, Mm -hmm. bang, bang, and the Nuggets, Lakers. Clippers, that's three games in four days. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Sunday to end the season. If you take care of business with what's in front of you in the next four games, and I'll concede them losing one of them, then I I think you're going to be in a real good position to kind of be at that four of the five and and you, you're not going to have to sweat it out at the end. That's, that's the ideal to me. Yes. And I think that's what winning in Philadelphia did, or winning against Philadelphia, did for this basketball
2: team. I would agree. A little momentum. Yeah. A little space. A little breathing room. Yeah. Uh, and a little comfort hey yeah. let's see we can still do this right exactly uh you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620 620 right now coyotes have lost five straight making the uh people who want them to win the draft lottery very happy <laughs> we'll get into the latest with the yotes next shane doan joins us for his weekly visit straight ahead here in bickley mirada mornings arizona sports the local sports leader arizona sports the local sports leader,
3: leader. do scores on the
2: Shane Doan. Shane Doan got a piece of it.
0: I think this goal is going to go to the captain. Captain Coyote. Shane Doan sends a one hopper on that He scores. Coyotes legend Shane
2: Doan, up early to talk Coyotes hockey with Bickley and Marotta. Shot by
4: Shane Doan, he scores!
2: Another tight one last night at Mullet Arena. Coyotes lose to the Edmonton Oilers 5-4, but another game that uh, featured a comeback from the young Yotes who have lost five straight. Here to talk about it with us, Chief Hockey Development Officer of the Arizona Coyotes, Shane Doan, our weekly guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Donor, how are you? I'm good, how are you guys doing? Good. Uh, so, the, the, I mean, the losses are stacking up, but uh, good. Exciting ingredients going into these losses. I mean, this is a never say die Coyotes team right now.
3: It, it really is. Like it's the last night. Obviously, it's a tough one to lose. That one, then give up the power play goal late, which their power play is historically unbelievable. What they're doing in Edmonton, um, but the the way that we come back and we continue to show resilience for a team that's in twenty seventh place I think or twenty eighth place mm-hmm. it's it's hard to. You'd understand it if a team shows resilience when they're battling for their playoff lives and they just won't quit, but this group obviously understands the situation and continues to fight. It's so impressive.
0: Yeah, it really, really is. So I'm curious because we we bandied about this question earlier today. Uh, Is the playoffs next season too ambitious of a goal for this team?
3: (laughs) Well... (laughs) Uh, I, oh man!
2: Go on the record, Shane. Oh. Come on.
3: <laughs> I think it's going to be really hard. Yeah, I, I think that in our sport it doesn't turn quickly. Right, it just doesn't. And I and and I and I know that I think that what we are getting out of the group, but not we, what the coaching staff, Andre Terney, and his coaching staff are getting and what we are seeing as, as fans and organization is the absolute utmost that you could get out of this group. And that's encouraging and exciting. And what Clayton Keller is doing, is so much fun to watch because we haven't seen that in a Coyote player for well really ever and he's doing stuff that is so fun to watch because he every single night he has an opportunity great offense and the and the league's tilted in that direction where there's way more scoring but he's also doing it and so that's exciting there's lots of things to be excited about turning an organization around in a year or two is not the way the nhl works and as much as i hope it is it's i'm probably a little bit maybe too realistic on that.
2: Shane Donor, guest here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I want to piggyback on your point on Clayton Keller and what he's done. 13-game point streak. He's over 80 points. He's threatening the, the Arizona franchise record uh, of mid-80s points. Um, kind of a two-part question here. Um, just, a, a, again, if you could elaborate on what you're seeing from Clayton Keller recently. But also, historically, and you kind of hinted at it um, that you know offense is 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 more uh, of the day in the NHL than it was maybe back in years past. But historically, Coyotes have been absent from the scoring leaders ever since they moved to Arizona. Is there? Do you have a, a theory on that, Shane? Well, <laughs>
3: no, I don't, and I
2: wish I did, but I.
3: Um I think the Keith Kachuk led the Keith Kachuk led the league in goals in yes. I think ninety five, ninety six uh-huh. with the Winnipeg Jets. And then he had a couple of years where he was where he was right around you know, forty five goals and was close to the they call it the Rocket Richard for winning the league in, in goals a couple of years. But other than that, um we haven't had anyone that has been you know that that elite, and and it, there's a, without a doubt there's an element that you don't get those guys unless you draft them, like that's just the way it works. Right. And we haven't done a good job drafting as an organization. Um, it's not like you can trade for the leading scorer of the league. That right. just doesn't happen in our sport, and and you can't sign them as free agents. They don't they don't become free agents if they're capable of doing that. And and so I think that's there 's a there 's a large part of that as an organization where we haven 't had the stability in the and the uh, of, of building a team that can create that, um, and yet at the same time, what Kells is doing is so much fun because you see him create and what him and Schmaltze and Barrett Hayton have kind of created as that line that their identity and their excitement about being elite is is fun to watch and kells isn 't the fastest he isn 't the strongest he doesn't have you know, I mean, he has a great shot, and the shot very—he's very good shot. But he's not like this guy that can shoot the puck through the wall. He just is such a smart, um, intellectual player, and it's fun to see what he does. It just is—it's fun to watch him do it night after night after night. Um, I was a fan before, but this year he's taken it to another level of—I of, think uh, of. Of what I appreciate and what he can do,
0: and and on top of that, when when I saw him at the All Star game, you you see just how small he is comparatively speaking, <laughs> right? And so yeah. so to be able to do that at that size, that's it's, that's quite something in and of itself. Yeah, you know what? For for
3: me, I've been I've been gun shy a little bit of Connor Bedard in the fact that. He isn't the fastest player that I've ever seen. He isn't the biggest, strongest. He doesn't have – he has – maybe one of the best releases in in hockey I've ever seen. And and I think that's incredible. So you don't want to take that away. But in our sport, it tends it's always, the history of our sport has always taught me you have to be big, strong, and do all these things that no one else can do. And he doesn't do any of those things that much better than everyone else. He just does everything so much better than everyone else. And when you look at Kels, and you see what he's doing, and then you see what Bedard's doing, you're kind of like like, okay, now I see it. I can see how somebody that has that skill set can dominate this league where I don't Think I thought that before, if that makes sense. And that gets me excited about what Connor Bedard could do.
2: Yep. And uh, Shane Don, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. And then put into perspective when you move out and you saw him last night in an Edmonton uniform, what Connor McDavid is doing <laughs> this year, 140 points at this point of the season. That's territory that hasn't been hmm. reached since 96. I mean, are we getting back to that widespread outburst of, of, of offense in the NHL, you think? Or is is Connor McDavid just that much of a freak?
3: Well, I think that even if you've never watched our sport and you turn the TV on and you watch our sport and you see a game that he's playing in, you're like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they blow the whistle. I don't know what that little thing is that they're chasing, but that guy's way better than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> he just is it's so crazy it's so fun to watch i mean yeah. last night i wanted to watch that game i wanted to stand up and watch that game because i'm like man the guy's coming to town and you don't get to see dominance like that it just it is crazy and, <laughs> and but it, you as we've talked and we joke uh you know that i love all sports it's, offense wins uh it, or is entertaining and Football, they throw the ball more than they've ever thrown it and score more points than they've ever scored. Basketball, the same thing. Baseball's doing everything they can to create more offense. And, yeah, hockey's doing the same thing.
0: That's interesting. And, you know, the thing, too, uh, and I think I shared this during the skills challenge, Connor McDavid just blew me away with his shooting accuracy. Is that is that just a gift from above, or can you train yourself to be that accurate? Because it was just mind-blowing to me. <laughs>
3: Yes, I think it's a gift from above, and then I, and I do believe though that others have been given as much talent as him. They just don't work as hard as he has worked. He came and skate. He came and skated here with Austin Matthews, so him, Austin Matthews, and so there's about eight to ten guys came and skated with with a group that I was doing here during the COVID. And the thing that blew me away more than anything was in practice that guy. Loses the puck and stumbles, not often, but more than I, he ever does in a game because he pushes himself so hard in every single drill. Like every single thing he does, he tries to do it faster. Every single time he grabs the puck, he tries to shoot it more accurately. He he never he he just doesn't have an element in him that settles for what he's accomplished. And so when you watch him practice. It's, it blows you away because he's already faster and, and does things quicker than everyone else. And then in practice, he's doing it even quicker and faster than you see him do it in the game. And you're like, how is this even possible? And then when he gets into a game, it's like he's slowed down and it's easy now. And That's it's like, crazy. Well, you're still 25%
2: faster than the fastest guy on the ice. How is this even possible?
3: The guy's just incredible. Yeah. Donor,
2: always a pleasure to talk to you. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your week. We'll do it again next Tuesday
3: yes yes and it's the baseball season starting come on and by the time we talk next tuesday the baseball season i cannot wait for that to happen all right who's that's so exciting who's
2: uh donors team to beat this year who you got?
3: Oh no, you don't like me because I, you know who I like. You're gonna I take, I You're gonna big, pick the
2: Blue Jays, aren't you?
3: Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do like the Blue Jays, but hey, I did like the Astros, so I did like. I was. I got in trouble last time because I picked them. Yeah, um, but they were pretty good. This. Hey, they got a great team again. I do like the Blue Jays. It's going to be tough for them. They got a pitching staff that has to kind of come together. They have the potential, but, and I love the D Backs. of Lavella and all them. I love the D Backs. I got to meet Zach Gallon, and that guy is – an unbelievable guy. I love him in the way that he thinks. I think they're going to be good. They're, I don't know if they make that nice. step this year, but they're exciting.
2: How about this show today? Charles Barkley and Shane Doan, the all-time great local <laughs> <laughs> legend, and Shane Doan in the same show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jared. Uh, perfect, Jared. <laughs> oh, Jared. That's why
2: nobody likes you, Jared. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Take care, Doan. Take we'll talk donor. to you next week. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Uh, Shane Doan. We can let him get the last He's word the in. Best. He joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, the NFC Coach's Breakfast going on now at the owners' meetings at the Biltmore. We'll tell you some of what Jonathan Gannon, the head coach of the Cardinals, has had to say, and more next. And what's all that yellow, Vinny? Yeah, what's what is all, all that, that yellow? yellow? Yeah, What does that mean? Is that something? We'll get into it <laughs> next. That's a pertinent question. Yeah. yeah that's uh, next here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
0: Dan Pickley. Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Morning. Arizona Sports, the
4: local sports leader. Yeah, excited, excited. I uh, feel like we added some really good pieces. Um, Some guys are coming in and creating some competition with some of those position groups. The other thing I like... Uh, that Monty and I were kind of in lockstep about is some of those guys have major versatility and so that's good when you're kind of adding pieces in for some competition but guys can play multiple positions. That also helps you in the draft that you're not stuck to, oh well we need a guard, well this guy can play guard or whatever the case may be. So uh, excited about getting to work with those guys and seeing what the best spots for those guys as it fits in when we start adding some, some, we'll keep adding pieces in the draft and free agency. That's Jonathan
2: Gannon, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, holding court today at the NFC Coaches. Breakfast at the owners' meetings at the uh, Biltmore, talking about the free agency moves thus far. General thoughts, but Mm. coming in and creating competition at some position groups, and namely the linebacker position group, because that's where most of the uh, most of the movement has been in free agency. But uh, also, you know, and we've talked about this too. The Mm -hmm. strategy that the Cardinals have engaged in during free agency—it certainly hasn't been splash worthy. If you look at, uh, you know, there's a ranking for everything. How the Cardinals rank. Among NFL teams and what they've done in free agency, they're not getting positive grades. But Jonathan Gannon also did say this on free agency:
4: "You don't win any games in free agency. I know that. Um, so yeah, I feel really good about the pieces that we added. We had a very clear vision of why we added them, and um, we know why they know why they're coming here, uh, which is huge to me. They know their role and, and where we're gonna what we're gonna ask them to do and how we're gonna ask them to fit in, and um, I'm excited to get to work with those guys."
2: Yeah um and and that's probably a lot more truth to that than people want to realize especially mm-hmm. when a, a team that you're pulling for your team you follow is is a little slow in free agency Jonathan Gannon is right. I mean, free agency can be a real bust for teams. Now there was yeah. a team last year. The Jacksonville Jaguars were ultra aggressive, mm-hmm. and it paid dividends. Mm-hmm. They made a huge leap to to become a playoff team, and mm-hmm. a lot of it had to do with their free agent acquisitions. But that's not the rule. That's that's the exception. No,
0: and uh, and again, I kind of check myself on this because it is very, very true that I would say more often than not, teams that make the big acquisitions in free agency. Deal with a little buyer's remorse because they're paying such a premium if you, generally, if you're a really a real difference maker on a football team, they're not letting you go. They're yeah. not letting you go. So you're generally overpaying generally for for something. And and it isn't always the case. I, I'm just I'm here I've come to believe that free agency the free agency period in the NFL can be can be overrated depending on your team's circumstance. Now, if you're a team that needs credibility in a market, if you're a team that is a player away from winning it all, then you don't care about return of and cost analysis. But when you're a team like the Cardinals and you you need depth more than anything. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not going to trip out about this free agency inactivity from the Cardinals. Yes, I because I do. I just. I think there's a realization here that there's a there's there's got to be some rebuild happening. Has to be.
2: I, I would agree with that. Uh, on terms of evaluating players, your agency draft, Jonathan Gannon elaborated a bit on that as well.
4: Yeah, just like everybody, we evaluated everybody. You know what's you know the role that we have for them. How do they fit in? Um, you know, there's a, a money piece to that too that money handles. Um, and you got to do what's the best thing that for the team uh, for this year and then moving forward. So, like I said, really like where we're at right then, and uh, we start in here a couple weeks. And and uh, excited to get
2: to work with those guys. Yeah, um, Jonathan Gannon spoke for over a half an hour uh, with the contingent that was there at the uh, at the Biltmore at the NFC Coaches Breakfast. We'll have more of what he had to say during that visit later on in the show. But you asked the question before we hit the break. What's with all the yellow? What's with
0: all the yellow? There is, yeah, the signage at the Biltmore for Jonathan Gannon. The Gannon part is all red. The Jonathan part is all yellow. And it's led some people to believe, are we going to see an infusion
2: of yellow in some form or fashion? Cardinals draft caps, Though the draft caps from from New Era were released for all 32 teams. Mm -hmm. And there's two versions of it. There's a white version. And the red version. The red version features cardinals in bold capital letters. Not the team font, but it's it's just kind of a uniform look for all the teams. Mm-hmm. But it's yellow. The NFL does not do that. No. With their with their, you know, licensed apparel, mm-hmm. their big time stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, over the, represent over the, the color. The, you know, the you're years, right. And I've been buying, you know, Cardinals merchandise for 35 years, and a lot of times you get some knockoff stuff or some uh-huh. discounted stuff that's got some yellow on it. And I would always avoid that. I was like, it's not really a team color. It's it's on the beak of the Cardinal on the helmet. You don't see it anywhere else. For them to put that out with that much yellow, it's gotta it has got to gotta signify something. It has to, doesn't it? I think so and you know me in uniforms.
0: Oh yeah, listen, and, and I think again this is a this would be I this would be a great year to do it. I and again, Cardinals fans have been waiting a long time for this and waiting in vain. I remember when they announced that they were going to kind of change the bird and they they did, but the changes were very very
2: minute yeah i mean bolder outline and Bo- right a, kind of right. A, a meaner expert. yeah but they had little, to do that because it was built into the that logo was built into the construction of the stadium so if you were driving down the 101 in the west valley you saw the new logo yeah right exactly so they just got out yeah, in front right, of it right right exactly what, so but ag- again what if it is just adding yellow to the current uniform template because cardinal fans where are they adding it it doesn't matter. Trim. Like piping, yeah. Yeah, it, it, well, piping. Yellow helmets. Piping is a dirty word for a lot of uh, Cardinals fans who want new uniforms.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. Red and yellow. Listen, I I think I think they're overdue. I think that tradition is great, but I think that they they're, they're they're missing out on a on a slam dunk, easy, excite the masses move. And hopefully, they've got something good up their sleeve. Like hopefully. I said
2: yesterday, look what they did for the Suns. Oh, oh. those city jerseys. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Like pretty much all the jerseys they've had the last few years have just mm-hmm. been. Oh. Gobbled up, and I his. think at this point in professional sports or college sports, for that matter, if you are a team or a program that doesn't have a you know an identifiable signature historic uniform, you should be changing your uniform about every five years.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Green Bay Packers. Stars,
2: how they shine for you. <laughs> hey. like where is that coming from? <laughs> It could have cued it up to the part where he actually says yellow. <laughs> yeah,
0: they
1: were all yellow.
2: Well. Okay. Something to keep an eye okay. on. Okay. No, no, absolutely. Last year, during absolutely. News- last year during Newsmakers Week, I asked Michael Bidwell about uniforms. It was the last thing I asked him about, and he was very dismissive. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We didn't ask the question this year. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly because of how he reacted <laughs> to it <her> last year. <laughs> Yeah, it because we know Michael Bidwell enjoys the tradition of the of the Cardinals franchise. Well, it was very, very, very important to his father. Yes, it so, was.
0: So it's something where you, where if 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 you feel like honoring a parent, then then you've got to make what was very important to him important to you.
2: Absolutely, and that we'll, we'll see if that uh, yeah. changes to a degree. Just yeah. something, to, just something to think about. Coming up next, Sarah will take us through some social studies at Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.